48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The government warns of a first budget deficit in over a decade. A member of China's top advisory body says Carrie Lam's protest review committee plan isn't fit for purpose. And a leading public doctor warns of a bigger staff shortage at hospitals. The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, has warned of a budget deficit for the first time in 15 years. Reporting on the economic outlook at LegCo's Financial Affairs panel, he said as the economy entered a recession, land sales and tax revenues dropped, while spending on relief measures rose. But speaking through an interpreter, he said Hong Kong's economic position remained sound. The original budget, we had... 12 billion from the housing fund. We had expected a surplus, but because of the economic downturn, tax return had dropped. And in the middle of the year, we had some remedial measures. So as of the end of the financial year, the SAR government will be in the red. So that is the first in 15 years. But fortunately, we have accumulated a surplus over the years. So the SAR government is still in a healthy financial position. A member of China's top advisory body says Carrie Lam's plan for a review committee to look into the root causes of the anti-government protests won't be sufficient to calm social tension. Reports. CPPCC member Lam Taifai likened the plan for a review committee to the chief executive's previous remark that the extradition bill is dead, saying Carrie Lam is simply not doing enough to address people's demands. Mr. Lam, who's also a former vice chairman of the Independent Police Complaints Council, said a fair and impartial mechanism such as an independent committee must be set up to investigate not just the protests, but also allegations of police brutality. Mr. Lam added that when the society has such a low level of trust in the IPCC, any investigations need to be carried out by a separate body. The president of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association, Arasina Ma, says the government's decision to withdraw a $254 million funding request for new university medical teaching facilities will mean an even bigger shortage of hospital staff in coming years. Media reports last week suggested pro-government lawmakers were unhappy with how universities had handled anti-government protests on campus. The DAB's Anne Chiang rejected that claim, saying they only wanted the government to spend money more carefully with the looming economic downturn. However, Dr Ma said in such times, there's a greater need for public health services. The need for our public sector medical service actually increased during the economic downturn because less and less people will go to the private sector. So no matter what kind of expenditure you cut, you cannot cut the medical service because this is the basic need of our citizens. Former pro-democracy lawmaker Christine Lowe says everyone is waiting for action from the government following the victory for pan-democrats in last Sunday's district elections. The polls were widely seen as a referendum on the government's handling of six months of political unrest. Ms Lowe, who's also a former Undersecretary for the Environment, expressed concern that if the government didn't seize the window of opportunity, people would return to what she called their default mode over the past few months. She also said some of the protesters' five demands had already gone past their sell-by date. Not to 
called the protest riots. I think we've kind of gone past that. The question really is, how are we going to deal with any kind of inquiry? I would like to think that there might still be something that can be done. I think we're going to see quite soon, probably you know, not too far into the new year, that the IPCC is going to report. There are quite a number of very distinguished international members. We have an excellent chairman in Anthony Neal. So I don't think that the IPCC, whatever they're going to say, will be useless. I think it's going to be a worthwhile process. Workers in the advertising sector are beginning a week-long strike to show support for the protest movement with a rally at Chater Garden in Central. Anthony Yu, a spokesman for the organising group Advertising Civilians, explained why it was important for them to turn up. Due to our industry is probably not a very organised industry because we have so many creative people. We want to use this opportunity to unify our, our people in our industry to concern about uh, what's happening in the society. More than two dozen people have protested outside Immigration Tower over the detention and imminent deportation of an Indonesian helper who's been active on protest sites. Yuli Rizwati has been held for about a month after her work visa was found to have expired. Her supporters say she has a valid two-year employment contract but forgot to extend her visa after renewing her passport. They're accusing the Immigration Department of political persecution. Lau Kame is an organising secretary for the Confederation of Trade Unions. This kind of situation actually is very commonly happen in migrant domestic workers. It's very um, easily for them to forget because sometimes they just renew their passport without at the same time renew the uh, work permit. So uh, in this kind of situation, usually if the employer still want to employ them, so they just really need to bring a letter uh, of their employers to prove that actually they're still under employment and then come to the immigration department to uh, proceed uh, to apply their visa extension. Then that's, that is. So we have received uh, this kind of cases and inquiries from the workers. Usually they can just get their visa extensions for maybe the same day. For the first time in almost two months, all MTR lines, including the light rail, have resumed normal service hours. Services had been closing earlier due to vandalism by anti-government protesters. Trains on the East Rail are still running at reduced frequency, however, and the heavily damaged University Station remains closed. Some train passengers said the changes hadn't affected them much, while others were concerned about renewed disruptions. I'm worried about this because MPL seems like it's very um, too sensitive about the social uh, issue. So I think uh, they should uh, open and tell the public about how they will evaluate the situation and what kind of uh, what kind of impacts they will cause the whole, situ- uh, whole station and the whole MPL online as well. It doesn't really affect me because I'm usually like, you know, I go to work and like after work I just like go back home nor- at normal hours. Because i back home around 6 o'clock. It's not affect me a lot. Groups opposed to the government's e-cigarette legislation say it's illogical and will harm small businesses and have suggested the products be regulated instead. Members of the Coalition of Hong Kong Newspaper and Magazine Merchants, as well as a consumer lobby group, voice their opposition outside the Legislative Council, where a bills committee is scrutinising the proposed ban on the import, sale and promotion of heat-not-burn products. Lawmaker Arnott King was one of those who supported them. Many of our sellers of the e-cigarettes are SMEs, very small enterprises. So I believe that the selling of e-cigarettes should be regulated, but not totally banned. 
Australia has expressed deep concern for China's detention of writer and pro-democracy campaigner Yang Henjun. Mr Yang was born in China but has Australian citizenship. Foreign, Min <coughs> Sorry. Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said Mr Yang was being subjected to daily interrogation while being shackled and faced increased isolation, including restrictions on communication with family and friends. Mr Yang was detained in January but not formally arrested until August on suspicion of endangering national security. The United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has warned the world has reached a point of no return over climate change. Speaking in Madrid ahead of this week's climate conference, Mr Guterres said humanity must stop its war on nature and find the political will to, to combat global warming. He said efforts to reach international targets curbing emissions had been totally inadequate. The commitments made in Paris would still lead to an increase in temperature above 3 degrees Celsius. But many countries are not even meeting those commitments. Emissions of greenhouse gases are still growing at an alarming rate. Walter's Prime Minister, Joseph Muscat, says he's planning to hand over power once his governing Labour Party has chosen a new leader. He said the process would begin on January the 12th. In a televised address, he said he'd kept his word about bringing justice for the murdered journalist Daphne Caruana Galizia. Earlier, thousands of demonstrators took to the streets of the capital, Valletta, to demand Mr Muscat's immediate resignation. Protested, carried photos of the journalist and placards denouncing the government as a mafia. We are meant to be a democracy. Enough! Enough! Out! The Prime Minister. Out. Joseph Muscat, out! Now! I am fed up of the injustice that has been going on. They murdered Daphne. They murdered my friend. Protesters in Iraq have set fire to the Iranian consulate in the southern city of Najaf for the second time in a week, just hours after the Iraqi parliament accepted the resignation of the Prime Minister Adil Abdul Mahidi. The BBC's Sebastian Asher reports. Anger at Iran's dominant influence in Iraq has helped fuel the protests now entering their third month. Parliament's acceptance of the Prime Minister's resignation hasn't assuaged the protesters' demands for change and is likely to prompt weeks of wrangling over his successor. The escalation in violence last week has calmed somewhat, although one protester has been killed in Baghdad. Najaf is one of the cities where the riot police unleashed what's been condemned time and time again as excessive force for the first time, a police officer has been sentenced to death for killing demonstrators, while an arrest warrant has been issued for a military commander accused of issuing orders that caused the deaths of protesters. Hundreds of supporters of the Suriname president Desi Botursi have welcomed him home from his return to South <clears throat> have welcomed him on his return to the South American country from China. While he was away, Mr. Buterzi was sentenced to 20 years in prison for the murder of 15 political opponents after he seized power in 1980. Here's the BBC's Candice Piat. Daisy Botersi returned to Suriname before dawn, but was greeted by a crowd of over a thousand cheering supporters dressed in purple, his party political colours. Mr Botersi dismissed the sentence, saying it was nothing but a political game. The court's ruling had said the president had played a crucial role in the killings. His lawyers had contradicted several witnesses who said he'd been present at the executions at Fort Zilandia, the colonial fortress in the capital Paramaribo. No arrest warrant has yet been served for Mr Bartesi's arrest and he has the right to appeal. 
Financial news now, and in currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.64 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 10 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,466, 123 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $34 billion. Now, with the latest sports, here's Adam Jern. First to football, Leicester City have moved clear into second place in the English Premier League after a 2-1 victory at home to Everton. The winning goal came on the 94th minute after Kelechi Ian Nacho's effort was verified by VAR. It was his first goal for the club in his first game this season. Brendan Rodgers' Leicester side now eight points behind his former club Liverpool. I thought that we deserved it. You know, we were the team looking to impose our way of playing in the game. Uh, difficult first half. You know, they, they were um, sat back in five four one, and against any team that is very very difficult. But we tried to still uh, stay positive and, and and play our offensive game. Uh, to then have to come from behind as well. It really, you know, demonstrates the spirit and the quality in this team. That you know that relentless mindset to keep going and keep going and. Uh, and by the end, we thoroughly deserved it. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scored both Arsenal goals as they twice came from behind to draw 2-2 at Norwich. Freddie Lundberg says he was hoping for an easier ride in his first game in charge as Arsenal's interim manager. Bit of a roller coaster. Uh, I think we uh, started amazingly well. Really, really happy how we started the game. Uh, showed the dominance and how I want us to play football. That's that's the Arsenal way. Then, unfortunately, we uh, we get done twice on two transitions. Uh, of course, it's easy for me as a coach, and I know what uh, we need to practice and what we need to get better because that's uh, that hurts you. You dominate totally, and then you get done twice. Aston Villa prevented Manchester United from moving into the top five after the two sides played to a 2-2 draw. Villa avoided defeat at Old Trafford for the first time since 2009. Elsewhere in Europe, Inter Milan have overtaken Juventus at the top of the Italian Serie A. Inter beat Spal 2-1 with Lotaro Martinez scoring twice at the San Siro. Juve were held to a surprise 2-2 draw by Sassuolo in Turin. In Spain, Lino Messi scored in the 86th minute to help Barcelona get past Atletico Madrid 1-0. Barca now back on top in La Liga, level on points with Real Madrid. The Baltimore Ravens have taken a share of the NFL's best record after beating the San Francisco 49ers in a possible Super Bowl preview. Justin Tucker kicked a 49-yard field goal as time expired to give the Ravens a 20-17 victory. Their quarterback Lamar Jackson ran for 101 yards despite miserable conditions in Baltimore. The Ravens have won eight in a row to improve their record to 10-2, their level with the 49ers and the New England Patriots who lost 28-22 to the Texans in Houston. The Seattle Seahawks can also go 10-2 if they beat the Minnesota Vikings at home on Monday night. And as you look at sports. And to end the news, a quick reminder of our top stories. The government warns of a first budget deficit in over a decade. A member of China's top advisory body says Carrie Lam's protest review committee plan isn't fit for purpose. And a leading public doctor warns of a bigger staff shortage at hospitals. The news from RTHK.
Real to your touch. 
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show. I'm Sadia Osmani. My thanks to Peter Lewis for the morning brew. My goodness, that man has been up since four o'clock in the morning. And uh, he sat in for morning brew as uh, 